This is exactly right. The My Favorite Murder Minisode, our, um, our little drop of murder for you to get you through your week. Yeah, we're, we start, we're gonna just have a little, little guy. It's not a full episode. Just telling you some of your hometown murders because we have so many in our inbox that we just like, we need a whole separate episode just to bring them to you. And we know you want to hear about yourselves as much as anything else. Just like us. Just like any human being. We're all you want human. to be a part of it. We're all attention so whore humans. <laughs> We're all whores. <laughs> um, do you want to go first? Sure. Do it. Okay. This is from Becky. Yay. Hey, Becky. She says, hi, Karen and Georgia. I'm new to the podcast. My daughter turned me on to it. Aww, what? How old? Thing. Yeah. I love you guys. I've always loved true crime and Helter Skelter. Skelter? Helter. <laughs> That's such a Jew, the way I said that. Oh, I'm so Jewish. Helter, Helter Skelter. 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 Was the first true crime book I read. I, go big or go home, right? Hell she yes. says. <laughs> Here's my hometown murder real life experience. In 1987 in High Point, North Carolina, I worked as an OBGYN I worked at an OBGYN office running the lab. We had a patient, Sandy Colthard, who was pregnant with her second child. Her husband, Robert, would often accompany her to the doctor's appointments. Uh-oh. Yep. Why? Right. Doesn't he have a job? <laughs> <laughs> and seemed to be a caring, attentive, and loving husband. Always Red flag. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> Sandy was as sweet as could be. And loved being pregnant. Sure. Another red flag. Yeah. Um, she was a great mom to her firstborn daughter, who was two or three. Shortly after the birth of her son, she became seriously ill. I remember she would come into the office, sometimes with Rob, and would be so sick that she wasn't able to care for her children. Her doctor would prescribe a treatment, and she would improve for a short time, then get worse again. She was eventually diagnosed with Guillain-Barr syndrome, but over the next six months, her condition con- continued to deteriorate. I remember the day she came into the office and could hardly walk, and her doctor sent her directly to the hospital. If I remember correctly, Rob accompanied her that day as well. In the hospital, she would briefly improve, then curiously, after her husband would come visit and bring her a milkshake, she would take a turn for the worse again. Mm-hmm. Within about a week, she was dead. An autopsy was performed and showed arsenic poisoning. Oof. They were able to pinpoint the spikes so could tell when each dose had been given the fatal one being in the hospital milkshake time rob didn't expect that to be a science thing <laughs> right <laughs> um turns it's pretty ballsy to poison your wife in the hospital yeah, just carrying arsenic yeah my god no turns out her husband had been having an affair and also had a large gambling debt and had taken out a thirty-five thousand dollar life insurance policy on sandy guy came out in court that he had purchased the arsenic in 1986 i guess he had the decency not to give it to her while she was pregnant what a guy question mark (laughs) (laughs) he pleaded guilty and received a life sentence and the kids were raised by sandy's parents Uh it was very creepy None of us in the office would ever have suspected that this nice, polite, caring husband could do this. Hope you enjoyed this one. Keep up the good work. Unfortunately, or fortunately for us listeners, there's no sort shortage of murders out there. That's right. Thanks, Becky. Thank you, Becky. That was, that was a good one. Oh, man. The idea. I mean, that's so common. It's just like husbands <laughs> killing wives and wives killing husbands, where it's just like yeah, you have all these other terrible things happening in your life. 
like you're a gambler and you're having an affair and all this stuff. Okay, so yeah, why not, was, just add murder to that pile. I wonder, like, I just will never know this until God tells us, but I wonder, <laughs> like, how many out, how many out there, like, were never caught? Like, how many husbands or wives killed their spouses and just like, and it's real, it was really sad for tragic them. Tragic event. Yeah. Maybe she just died. She had this Epstein bar thing. Giles bar. Giles bar. Giles bar. Oh, it's so nuts. I feel like I, at the beginning of that, I thought I knew which one it was. And then I went, oh, that's probably half of like the cold case files of the 2020s that you see. And they're just like, they're so cut and dry and not that interesting, unfortunately, that like they don't even make a cold case. Also, like, you know, when you're sick and you have the flu or something and someone brings you something and it's so nice because you're like, oh, I can't get off this couch. I feel like shit. Someone brings you like chicken soup and you're like, thank you. (laughs) That's the thing that's making you Uh, sick in the first place. Do you think you would suspect it at some point? I feel like I would. I feel like maybe because I'm into true crime, I would. Um, it would be hard if it's the person you're married to, unless you had like a history where you were silently suspecting things. Yeah. But no, it doesn't seem like that. That's the case. Like they're never abusive. That's the scary part about people like that. Is there truly like these weird wolves in sheep's clothing where they're like, Oh my God, he was so nice and polite. And probably if the spouse is like, I think tells a friend, I think this, my husband or wife is poisoning me. They're like, you're crazy. He's the nicest person anyone has ever met. Right. You're psycho. Oh, you're a crazy bitch. Good one. Carrie, you, I mean, Karen, you go. I'm calling you Carrie from now on. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's not even that hot this week. It's not. Um, all right. This one's from Hal. And the, uh, the subject line is possible I survived episode two doors down. <gasps> so clearly he's trying to get me to read this. Yep. Week. Well done, Hal. Hey, ladies, I'm a 40-year-old man, and man is in quotes. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe he means like man He's like a man-child. Oh, I see. Like, he should be... He's really more of a boy. Sure. Uh, That's a hilarious way to start any email. (laughs) A 40-year-old man, and love the show anyways. I moved into the neighborhood that I grew up in when I was 10, 11, in 1988. There was a group of 10 or... So guys that all hung out together, we were all mean and hateful to each other, of Yay. course, uh, but always were cool. One guy, Chris, started acting a little on the strange side. When he got picked on, he would lash out more than normal. Like I said, we were pretty mean dudes. He lived two doors down from me. I quit messing with him when he was around 13. The year I moved off to college, he turned 16. He skipped school that day and spent it drinking and smoking dope. According to him... He came home and decided to go next door and have sex with the women. He, the women, (laughs) what's happening next door? Just a bunch of women in one room. The women. Um, he allegedly had done so before. Somehow he, uh, wound up with his dad's 357 handgun and kicked her door in. Mm. Oh, he probably meant the woman next door. Okay. The woman, um, kicked her door in. Uh, when she said she wouldn't let him in, he shot her six times. <gasps> she lived. Oh! My favorite. How the hell that happened, I'll never know. She was a married mom uh, with a couple of kids at the time. When he sobered up, he was in a field in the country covered in blood. Oh my God, he, like didn't even know what he was doing. Like- it yeah. wasn't even there. That's that's the beginning of your HBO series. You wake up <laughs> you in a wake field, up. right? What's going to happen? You sit up and you're like eyes high in a field of wheat and blood and blood. Oh shit! Equal parts wheat and blood. Oh my god! 
Um, which, which is worse? HBO call us. If I give allergies, it's <laughs> the wheat. It's worse. I'm gluten, I'm gluten intolerant. <laughs> so, so it's, it's like wheat. really triggering for me to wake up in a <laughs> field of wheat. <laughs> I just start gaining weight. Uh, okay. How the hell that happened? The surviving part. I'll never know. She was married mom with a couple of kids at the time. Oh, sorry. Blood. He went to prison as a 17-year-old kid and has been out for a few years now. What the fuck? Oh, my God. The twists and turns. Not sure about her. My parents moved out, and I haven't been back. Keep up the good work, Hal oh in my- Alabama. No, I have questions. I know, Hal. That was a real... Wait, did he say that sh- they had had sex before? Well, I think he said allegedly, so I think oh, what I'm implying like, okay. or inferring from that is that the kid said he did right no i'd gone over there before yeah Yeah. um bullshit yeah (sighs) wow all right that's that one okay want me to do another one yeah okay this one's real fucked up it's kind of long though is that okay sure do you want to read the one about i saw do you want i saw murder when i was 11 or do you want mostly a story about how fucking stupid i was as a teenager i'll take b Teenager stupid? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like doing I like the choice. That is fun. It's like a match game a little bit. Okay. Okay. Jordan says, I come from a small town of about 5,500 people, and it is home to a small state college in Nebraska. Nothing too exciting ever really happens happened here while I was in high school, and apparently I was really going through some shit when I was 15. Karen, get off your phone. Sorry, I was trying to find my next one. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, this story starts out with school being in session for both the high school and college here in town. One fall weekend, my friend and I, my best friend and I at the time decided to go for a walk around the college and this guy in a red car started to slow down and pulled up in front of us into this gas station parking lot we were walking through. He was alone and there was two of us, so I really didn't think anything bad would happen. Basically, he just asked us where we were going and how old we were. That's when I told him, dude, I'm 15. You need to keep moving. To which we replied by saying shit and peeling the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) So my friend and I continue on our walk around town and this fucker ends up coming across us again, but this time with a friend. They tell us to get in the car so we can drive around and talk. So going against everything I was raised not to do, we get in the fucking car like fucking idiots. Oh, no. (laughs) Like I said earlier, I was going through some shit and was just acting like a cliche, reckless teenager, apparently. We are not... We were not in this car for more than five minutes when they tell us they need to pick something up. We go to the only liquor store in town at the time, and I witness a drug exchange, which just freaked my sheltered self out. I started getting a terrible feeling in my gut about the situation and immediately tell them my mom is calling me and I need to get home. I have these two men drop my friend and I off at a house that was a few blocks away. She's smart. Like pretending that's her yeah, house? she's not that stupid. Brilliant move. Yeah. Um, where uh, they tell me to get... They tell me to get their number so they can take us to a party later. Uh-oh. Did she do it? I pretend to get this one guy's number and they let us out. Ooh. We start to walk up to this house that isn't mine. And as soon as they drove away, we just take off running through back alleyways and backyards to my actual house. Blah, blah, blah. My father, who was a probation officer at the time, had a police scanner. Fuck yeah. They started going off later that night about a girl who was assaulted. This girl had been dating one of the men, and they took her to the middle of the country where they get high on whatever drugs they had picked up earlier. Then they proceed to beat this girl to the point 
where she was missing chunks of hair, teeth, and her face was so swollen and bruised that the only way her parents could identify her was by her ankle tattoo. Oh, no. And especially for the ankle tattoo. Her body had been beaten and there was a ton of sexual... Especially for the ankle sorry, tattoo. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Oh, that took me a minute. I'm sorry. It was inappropriate. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. I know, it really is. If you didn't like that, you're going to hate everything Yeah, else. just hang up on us right yeah. now. <laughs> Click. <laughs> hang up this phone of a podcast conversation. Um, da, 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 da. I don't know if she meant that the only way her parents could identify her and that she was dead or what, but they said she says the, the, her body had been beaten and there was talk of sexual assault, but I'm not 100% certain on that. I can honestly say that this is the scariest thing that has happened to me, and if they did it to someone they were dating, I cannot yeah. imagine what they had planned for my best friend and I. Yeah. Both the fuckers are thankfully locked up now. I can't believe that I ever put myself and my friend in that situation. I know now to never ignore your gut instincts and fuck politeness. That's right. Yay! Thanks for the podcast, ladies. You two are insanely hilarious. Keep up all the amazing work. This is kind of weird, but I wish I could be best friends with you, too. I swear <laughs> I'm a better friend now than I was when I was 15. <laughs> bye! Uh, bye! She says, what was her first name again? George. Jordan. Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Way to go, Jordan. We are best friends. <laughs> you are because best. you did it. You really handled yourself at yeah. that age, too, dude. I mean, you made a very stupid decision, but you got yourself out of it in a smart way. It's about reversals. All of uh-huh. life is about fixing what you fuck up, especially yeah. if you can do it. Like the idea of thinking to lie and say I live right there is so is just inspired. Yeah, love that. Totally. <clears throat> well done. Your turn. All right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. I was only reading this, the beginning of it, in the very beginning of yours. I just missed her name. Was it rural Kansas? Oh, uh, North Carolina. Where did I yeah, say? Yeah, I missed that entire Wait, wait. Nebraska. Oh, okay. Oh, well, not too bad. No. All right. Because here's the, as I was trying to scan and find my next one, here's the subject line. Machete murder in rural North New Hampshire and the time I met a would-be killer. Yay. She drew me right in. Hi, Karen in Georgia. Here's my hometown or close to hometown murder. I live two towns over, but it's only a 10 minute drive. Okay. You're getting by on a you technicality. Got it. You got it. Uh, this is Jessica, by the way. Okay. Hi, Jessica. So Mount Vernon is a tiny town in Southern New Hampshire. Nothing happens there ever. There, w- uh, that was until October 4th, 2009 when a mother and daughter were home alone oh, no. sleeping. No, she's grabbing my foot, you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna hold Georgia's she's toes for this whole thing. Toes. Home alone sleeping when four young men, about 17 years old, broke in. There's too were, many young men hanging out together. Uh, seriously. Uh, they were led by Steven Spader, who had recently created a club called the Disciples of Destruction. You fucking Fuck nerds. Fuck you, you asshole. I could beat you up. You're nerds. As part of the initiation rites for this club, he convinced the other boys to break into the house and steal anything of value, though other reports say all four boys were intent on murder and were armed. Spader and one of the other boys, Christopher Gribble, I mean, come on, carried machetes while the other two, Quinn Glover and William Marks, carried knives. The mother and house... 
The mother of the house, Kimberly Cates, and daughter Jamie were in the house. Spader proceeded to attack the mother 36 times with a machete, killing her while Gribble stuck and stabbed the daughter, who was only seriously injured but survived. No, honey. The boys, thinking both victims were dead, left, stealing valuable objects along the way. Jamie survived, remained conscious, and was able to call 911. I just got full body chills. Oh, my God. What the fuck? All four boys were arrested, and another boy had helped to hide evidence for them was also later arrested. Spader and Gribble were given life sentences, but were given the chance for resentencing. Given their young ages at the time of the initial trial, Gribble did request a shorter sentence. Oh, really? Yeah, thank you. Uh, However, Spader, when offered the chance for resentencing, did not believe that he should be released at any time, saying he is, quote, the most sick and twisted person you'll ever meet, and claimed to also be a sociopath. Both were charged with first-degree murder, attempted murder, and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. The other two boys are also serving prison time for burglary, conspiracy to commit burglary, and armed robbery. What makes the story even more crazy is that I had a friend who went to high school with the four boys and was friends with Spader, who I met once when I was hanging out with my friend, but I didn't get murdered, and I learned to stay sexy because, let's be real, nobody is sexy in high school. (laughs) I'd like to differ. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see my throwback Thursdays. No. Uh, were, you, were you hot as fuck? No, I was not. Uh, oh, I recently discovered your podcast and I absolutely love it. Thanks. Also, you should know I have a degree in forensic anthropology. <gasps> Ooh. And if I ever get a job in the field, it's hard. You two are more than welcome to come intern or visit. Yay! Intern? Uh, I gotta get paid. <laughs> uh, I'm also fairly certain you could make short courses in forensics. You could take for short courses in forensics. If no, you I want to make them. I don't want to take. I, I know. Make I them. want. I want to teach them. I want to make them with all of my strange percentages <laughs> that aren't accurate. Um, my alma mater, Mercyhurst University, offers a few. Nice. Stay excellent, you two. Kind regards, Jess. Thank you, Jess. That was great. How on earth? Like it just seems so weird that four boys of the same age in the same town all want to murder. Like, yes, you think one in every every so often in every town and different time periods. Does that make sense? Yes, but um, it just made me think of the last podcast on the left when they did the, their episodes about um, uh, the horrible high school shooting. Oh, Columbine! I all I could think of was Cloverfield. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Columbine was col- a great Columbine movie. series, they talked about how Dylan Klebold was this, he wasn't a nerd at all. Right. He wasn't the trench coat mafia. He was actually an, an incredibly charismatic, almost like cult leader. Yeah. Where, where people, and you've met people like that, where like, there's something about them that you want to be around them. And suddenly they're convincing you to do things that you know deep, it feels wrong, but yeah. you're like, fuck it. And fuck how I was raised. And I'm just going to do this. And what everybody goes through that. Yeah, when but it's you're also like this person is so everyone likes this person it's so so maybe i'm wrong about how i feel and this person's right exactly i hate myself it's group mentality totally. yes fuck yeah it's amazing <laughs> i think it's easy to kind of get people to like lemmings along with your yeah. weird evil plan if you have a strong enough like i don't vision. even i don't even believe in myself half the time and the <laughs> I shit i tell my i mean i don't believe half the shit i tell myself well that's good though yeah because probably most of it is bullshit most anyway. of it is negative thoughts yeah whereas sociopaths they don't have anything like that they're just 
intent and hell bent on manipulating you. So like if that's if that was his deal, he probably made it very easy for those boys yeah. to go along with him. Oh, good one. Idiots. Good one, Jessica. Um, or Jess. Jess. That was great. Thank you. That Jess. was real good. Do we is that it? Uh how long was that, Steven? Oh. Might be like eighteen or seventeen. How long are, are we normally? Like twenty. Do one 25. last one, Georgia. Okay, all right, all right. So then I'm going to read the one I said. The other one I asked if you wanted. Right. It wasn't a choice. Because really, we we don't have choices no. in this world. It's, it's all fate. We're here to tell you the truth. That's what we're about. <laughs> okay. This one's a bummer. <laughs> you ready for this? <laughs> you ready? Aren't they all? Okay. This one's called I Saw a Murder When I Was 11. Ugh. Please don't use my name. If you yeah, no problem. Um, Got it. So August 21st, 1998, one of my, it was one of my best friend's 11th birthday. Oh, no. Um, I don't like the start of this. Do you want me not to do this one? It's kind of no, sad. Do it, do it. Okay. Well, are you going to get bummed out? No, I'm fine. Okay. I already read it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So whatever. Small town. We had no idea that our night, which our lives would change forever. Let's see. They go to the party. They end up at the birthday girl's house with all our sleeping bags in the living room, ready to giggle the night away. Unfortunately, her big brother ruined it. Oh, no. Us girls went to sleep around 1 a.m. And then her father and older brother, like 23, I think, came home from closing their restaurant in a neighboring town at like 2 a.m. At 4.06, I remember because I just got my new digital watch with a light and was obsessed with knowing the time all the time. I was woken. I had that too. I was woken up by I don't even know what, but I noticed the girl on the opposite end of the sleeping bag um, moving a lot and seeming upset. Turns out we were all awake and not sure why. Then the brother is screaming. The girl on the end is crying and the parents come out yelling, obviously at the brother for the ruckus. The two other girls, not the birthday girl, and I run into the birthday girl's room and the girl on the end who is crying is telling me she wants to call her mom and go home. Tell her it's late and she'll be okay. And meanwhile, the yelling outside of the room is getting intense while birthday girl is still out there. Then it goes from yelling to screaming. I tell the two girls with me to get in the closet. I hop in after them and close the door. Girl knew what she was doing. Yeah, that's right. From a young we age. Later. We wait for what seems like forever. So much screaming. It gets intense, like shrieks. Then it goes quiet. Then the birthday girl comes back and tells us, it's okay, he's gone. When we come out, it looks like a horror film. Blood everywhere. Bloody handprints and smears all over the walls. Blood all over the carpet. And we turn the corner and see the birthday girl's dad laying on the ground, bleeding profusely. Birthday girl is on the phone with 911 and her mom had gone outside to find help at the neighbors. Then the cops showed up and got taken to the neighbors until we we went to the police station for statements. Turns out big brother was all whacked out on drugs and thought girl on the end saw him doing said drugs. And that's where the whole mess started. He covered her mouth asking what she had seen. She freaks out as she shouldn't start screaming. That's when we all woke up. He didn't want to be caught on drugs by his dad. So he ended up stabbing him. He was on the run for 24 hours within the time, within the time he stabbed his dad and got caught. His dad died. Something that rocked the fuck out of my tiny hometown. Oh, and I had the biggest crush on that big brother before all that happened. Made me question my taste in men my whole life. The town was Sigoyne, Texas. Dude. That that was dark. Fucking heavy as shit. I'm sorry. I always end on the most fucked up. I mean, but there's, it's like, that's like, well, it was insanely cinematic. 
the idea that a little that little girl must have been in shock when she came back to say it's okay he's gone totally because you don't lead people back out into a bloody you know what i mean yeah, or like, sh- yeah. Oh, and it's so crazy to think that like yeah like all the places my mom i would go as a little kid for sleepovers that you send your your child to being like oh it's our best friend go to a sleepover and like yep. you don't know what the family is like you don't know well these days they do though because do like, they? my niece is nine and they all know each other they're like friends if you're Kids are friends. You are friends with the parent. You yeah. know every single thing about them. I honestly think that's the reason people are like that helicopter yeah. style parenting these days is because they went through weird shit totally when they were 10 and they're like, uh, my kids are not going to ever experience that weirdness. Well, even that thing of like, you tell mom, your, your mom, I'm, you're sleeping at my house and I'll tell my mom. And it's like, that would never happen now because no. why would you just be like, okay, you're sleeping at the person's house. Bye. Like, yeah, no, you would have a conversation with the parents. That's exactly right. You get caught immediately. Whereas like 80s style yeah, people we used to were do like, that. well, I'm going to be drunk in the den. So yeah. do what you will. Yeah. Fuck. Well, Dude. I'm glad. I'm glad she survived. Me too. That was intense. That's a be, good ending. That was like a fucked up from that for a long, like 11 years old. And that happened. Yeah, that was a good ending. That's very traumatizing. Um, so you were telling me that, that at the end of the last minisode, Someone was like, how come Elvis didn't get a cookie? That's right. We record our mini-sodes before we record our maxi-sodes. <laughs> and so to us, it was just, we were just like in the middle of the stuff we were going to yeah. do. And all these people on Twitter and I think the Facebook page, mostly on Twitter, were just like, why would you not give Elvis a cookie? Well, in my mind, Elvis created like 20 different facebook profiles and was like <laughs> why no elvis get cookie you know At fish lover yeah. 64 A cookie cookie monster yeah <laughs> why no cookie Give for cookie elvis to good cat elvis <laughs> elvis elvis come out here well, there he is yeah there he is hey hey what's doing um so well thanks for listening to the mini so yeah this was really good thanks for sending them keep sending them Please. great job everybody that got one on this uh time around yeah send them to my favorite murder at gmail and stay sexy don't get murdered elvis want a cookie <laughs> want a mini cookie <laughs> okay <laughs>